0: Welcome to Catholic Light. Join me, Becca Doherty, each week as we shed a little light while keeping the conversation light. Hi, and welcome to Catholic Light. I'm Becca Doherty, and I'm delighted that you've decided to join me on this podcast. What I'd like to do today is first uh, introduce myself to you. Second, I'd like to talk a little bit about the inspiration for this podcast and what I hope it will be moving forward. And then lastly, we'll end with a very brief history of the catechism. We'll walk through its features and do a practical how to uh, use it. So a guide to how to flip through the physical book of the catechism, how to cite references from the catechism, etc. So first, I am married to a wonderful man, Dan. Uh, we've been married almost seven years, and we have three small children who are five and a half, four, and almost two. And we recently found out we're expecting baby number four. So it is a full and exciting and joyful and often tiring life. uh, But it's wonderful, such a gift. And I'm super grateful to be a stay-at-home mom with these little cuties. Periodically, they'll ask me where I work because they see family and friends uh, working outside the home. And I'll tell them I work at home uh, for you guys or with you guys. And they'll giggle and say, we're your customers. (laughs) Indeed, you are, my little friends. Indeed, you are. And in their case, the customer is not always right, but we're working on that. Um, As far as my background and my knowledge of theology, I, I attended the Franciscan University of Steubenville in Steubenville, Ohio, and got my undergraduate degree in theology and British American literature. I then went on to Framingham University in Framingham, Massachusetts to get a Master of Education. And then I loved Steubenville so much, I returned for a Master of Theology. Over the years, I have taught at three different Catholic high schools, one out of the country, and then two within the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. I taught students uh, ninth through 12th grade theology and British and American literature. And then I've taught for various religious, uh, excuse me, adult religious ed programs, everything from RCIA to the Church Ministry Institute to uh, parents of children receiving their sacraments. And then most notably, or most pertinent to this podcast, is for two years I taught at St. Charles Bar Seminary in Philadelphia. I taught aspirants to the diaconate, or men aspiring to be deacons. Um, the course was specifically on the Catechism. So over the years, uh, my students have dubbed me a Catholic nerd because I just I love Jesus, love the Catholic Church, love the the beautiful teachings that He's entrusted to the Church, and uh, I get very very excited in talking about them and and teaching them. So again, thanks for joining me, and uh, I look forward to this journey ahead. So the inspiration for this podcast came. When I heard different family and friends doing uh, programs that helped them walk through the Bible in a year. So, most notably, most recently, Father Mike Schmitz and Jeff Cavins put out a podcast last year where they started at the beginning of the Bible, read through, and discussed uh, each part of the Bible to the end. I had a lot of friends who, who went through that program and just really gained a lot from it. And so, I thought, ooh, we should do that with the catechism. Uh, Like the Bible, the catechism is often a little off-putting. It's this big, thick book um, with footnotes and cross-references, sometimes big theological words, and I think people kind of vaguely know what it is but are a little intimidated to crack it open or might perceive it as as dry and unhelpful. Um, As I've studied theology and then used the catechism, in teaching, I've just, again, fallen more in love with it and the the beautiful teachings that it communicates. So I proposed this idea to my husband. I said, what if I do a Catechism in a Year podcast? I'll read through the catechism, so I'll start with paragraph one, go all the way to paragraph 2,865. I'll read a portion each week so people can be driving to work, chopping a salad, you know, have it on in the background and won't have to physically look at the, cat, the book, the catechism. And then I'll pick one teaching each week to focus on and uh, elaborate on. My husband said, oh, that's a great idea. H- how do you propose to do that? How are you going to break it down each week? How long will it take you to go through the catechism? I said, well, at one point I wanted to personally read the catechism, so I took the 2,865 paragraphs, divided them into 365 days of the year, and it came out to roughly eight paragraphs a day. So my husband's doing the calculations. He says, okay, so if it took you eight paragraphs a day to make your way through the catechism and you're doing a weekly podcast, if you do eight paragraphs a week, that'll take you seven years. I was like, yeah, we'll have to recalculate that. He goes, well, we've been married almost seven years, and..." I don't think I've read eight paragraphs of the catechism in that time, so go for it. Slow and steady wins the race. So we'll do more than eight paragraphs a week. We'll do roughly, I'll read roughly 25 paragraphs a week, and it will take us a little over two years. So I'm trying to make it achievable, uh, not too overwhelming, um, but also, you know, accomplish making our way through, through this book. So with the exception of this first episode, the setup will be um, about a half-hour podcast. The first half or first 15 minutes, I'll just read through the catechism. Okay, so starting next week with paragraph 21, excuse me, paragraph 1, I'll read through about 25 paragraphs, and then we'll, we'll stop for a brief commercial break, and then on the second half of the episode or the second 15 minutes, I'll pick a teaching that we just read and then discuss it a little bit and how it applies to our lives. God each day for the gift of my life and the gift of my faith, and I pray that God will bless my mom and dad for giving both to me so generously and so effectively or efficaciously. Um, So over the years, it was very subtle. I think they just loved Jesus and communicated that love. Um, They were very open when it came to questions about the faith, and... Uh, Whenever we did something faith-filled, they often paired it with something fun. So we would go to mass as a family, and then we would go out to breakfast. We would go to confession on a Saturday afternoon as a family, and then we'd go get ice cream. Uh, We'd sit down to pray the family rosary, and it often turned into you know, giggling and telling stories about the day and that kind of thing. So it was always a very happy association um, growing up that I had with the Catholic faith. I went to public school, K-12, through and then Steubenville was my first, with the exception of CCD, was my first kind of formal theology class uh, experience. And when I entered that first theology class, and the professor, Father Dan Petit, a third order regular Franciscan, started explaining kind of the why behind the what of our faith, my mind was just blown. It was like, like these little Tetris pieces just falling into place, click, click, click. It all just made beautiful, clear sense. And um, I began to think, oh, this is why my parents taught me this. This is why we did this. This is why, you know, Catholics believe this. It um, it was just very logical to me and and very life-giving. So not only will we learn about the Catholic faith, but the, the catechism in, is helpful in... Um, providing beautiful points of reflection for prayer and growth. So I, ha- I had a friend, uh, Anthony, at Franciscan University, who he was studying for, for one of his theology classes. He was reading through the catechism. And after reading and studying for a little while, he, he gently closed the catechism, looked up and goes, man, I love these guys, Okay, referring to the various saints and popes and bright lights that are, are quoted throughout the catechism. So the Catechism is helpful not only in learning about the Catholic faith, but in providing, again, wonderful points of reflection and um, just different ideas to kind of contemplate and pray with and hopefully grow in your relationship with God. So again, next week we'll start by reading through the Catechism and then reflecting on it. And um, again, my hope is that over the course of a couple years, we'll make our way through it cover to cover in such a way that you can have this on in the background while you're doing other things or commuting to work, um, such that you don't, you're welcome to sit down and physically read the catechism while, while I read it to you. Um, but also, you'll be able to kind of be on the fly and listen to it. All right, so we'll pause, pause for a moment, take a brief, brief break, and then on the other side, we'll talk a little bit about uh, where the catechism came from and then how to use it. Thanks so much. You are listening to Catholic Light. Thank you for joining me each week as we read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church and discuss some of its beautiful teachings. Hi, and welcome back. You are listening to Catholic Light, and we are talking about the Catechism of the Catholic Church. In the second half of the episode, I'm going to give you a brief history, how the Catechism came to be, and then we'll walk through uh, its features and talk a little bit about how to use it. So in the mid to late 1500s, the Catholic Church convoked what's called an ecumenical council. Okay, so throughout our 2,000-plus years of of church history, there have been moments where the pope, the bishops, other church authorities have come together in what's known as an ecumenical or general council. This often comes about when there's a point of Catholic teaching that needs to be clarified or um, explained more clearly to the people. There might be abuses that have crept into the church that need to be addressed and purified, and so uh, the church will come together, clarify those points of teaching, aim to correct those points of, of corruption or um, you know, whatever's going on, and then move forward in a more clear and wonderful way. So one of these ecumenical councils, uh, known as the Council of Trent, which took place in Northern Italy, Uh, happened from 1545 through 1563. And one of the main reasons for this gathering of the Council of Trent was due to the effects of the Protestant Reformation on Catholics throughout the world. So you're probably familiar with uh, Protestant reformers such as Martin Luther, who protested the Catholic Church. So Martin Luther was a, a Catholic priest himself, and as he looked at the teachings of the Catholic Church, he started to disagree with and then protest them. Many Protestant reformers were very clear in their protestations. Okay, so they came up with pamphlets, little booklets where they would explain why they believed this aspect of the Catholic Church's teaching was wrong or where it needed to be corrected. And so as these pamphlets and little booklets were distributed really throughout the world in many countries, thousands of Catholics were leaving the Catholic Church. They would, they would read these pamphlets and booklets and start to think, wow, that is wrong. Or they would see abuses that had crept into the church and think you know, maybe this is not what Jesus Christ intended for us. And so many were leaving the Catholic Church so the pope, the bishops, church authorities uh, thought, we need to get together and clarify what the church teaches. It's important to note that at church councils, the church does not change church teachings. Okay, So throughout our 2,000-year our history of the church, the church doesn't change doctrines or teachings. Sometimes you'll hear people say like, oh, you know, when the church gets with the times and changes X, Y, and Z teaching, you know, then it'll be better. Um, th- that will not happen. So we believe that, that the truth entrusted to the Catholic Church by Jesus Christ is a truth that doesn't change. The church can define it more clearly, okay, or bring clarity to different teachings, but it doesn't change or update those teachings, so at the Council of Trent uh, in the mid-1500s, the church started clarifying uh, some of its teachings so that as Catholics were leaving the church, the church responded by saying, no, 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 that's not what we actually believe. Here's what we believe and why. So similar to my experience at Steubenville, as I learned the why behind the what, um, the church tried to clarify for the people, no. This is what we believe, and here's why. Here's where it comes from, in scripture, in tradition. Here's why it works practically in our lives, and so, like the Protestant reformers, the church wanted to put out some material that concisely, clearly taught what the church believed. Need uh, for popular, a popular authoritative manual. Because at the time, there was a lack of uh, systematic knowledge among the clergy, among priests who were then teaching the people. And so at the Council of Trent, again, the Pope, the bishops, church authorities said, we need to put together a manual, much like these pamphlets and little booklets the Protestant reformers are putting out, and issue something for the people to read, maybe even memorize, so that we can you know, spread the the church's teaching far and wide in a more clear and compelling way. So it was written, edited, and translated into Latin and then published uh, in various translations for countries throughout the world. The council wanted this to be the official manual of popular instruction. So the church wanted to come up with a manual of church teaching that no matter what country you were in, what state of life you were in, you could reference it and then say, oh, this is what the church teaches, and here's why. So the, the catechism that came out of the Council of Trent, often referred to as the Roman catechism, was organized into four parts. So part one addressed the Apostles' Creed. Part two addressed the sacraments. Part three addressed the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. And then part four addressed prayer, especially the Lord's Prayer. Uh, bishops encouraged people to frequently read it so that all of its contents would be committed to memory. Okay? So that if people were, were challenged by or encountered some of these tracts and booklets from Protestant reformers, they could draw up in their minds, oh wait, in part three, the Catechism of the Council of Trent or the Roman Catechism actually says this, and here's why we believe what we believe. Okay, so that's really where the catechism started, way back in the 16th century. I'm going to fast forward now to the 20th century and Pope John Paul II, who at the 20th anniversary of the Second Vatican Council, so again, throughout 2,000 years of church history, we've had a number of ecumenical or general church councils where Pope, bishops, church authorities get together and clarify church teaching, kind of clean up some of the abuses that have crept into the church. And in 1985, again, the 20th anniversary of another ecumenical council, Vatican II, Pope John Paul II convoked the extraordinary assembly of the Synod of Bishops. So basically he called together a group of bishops. And that group of bishops, as they met in honor of the anniversary of the Second Vatican Council, requested that a catechism of all Catholic doctrine regarding faith and morals be composed. So they turned to Pope John Paul II and said, we need to put together a catechism that gives an overview and again a clarification of what the church teaches when it comes to our faith and our morals. They prepared this for over six years and then it was promulgated and published in 1992. So this was the first complete, systematic synthesis of faith issued since the Catechism of Trent in 1566. You may have seen this 1992 catechism, it's tan with a red title. This was originally written in French, just because the writers of that catechism mostly spoke French, and then it was translated into the vernacular or the common language of various countries throughout the world. In 1997 then, so five years later, a second edition of the catechism was published in Latin um, by the church and then again translated into the vernacular like our English translation and uh, shared you know, with all countries throughout the world. So this one is that big heavy green catechism with gold letters on the front. And this updated version included lots of edits um, it also included cross-references in the margins and then footnotes uh, at the bottom of each page. So this big green heavy catechism with the gold lettering issued in 1997 contains the atten- excuse me essential and fundamental content of the Catholic faith in a complete and summary way it presents what Catholics throughout the world believe in common. So I like to refer to it as a a cliff notes of the Catholic faith. It's a big cliff notes. Um, Again, 2,865 paragraphs. Um, But it's very easy to use, kind of like a a textbook or a reference book, if you want to just quickly look up what the church teaches on a particular topic. But then it's also, it's filled with with quotes from everyone from St. Therese to St. Augustine to St. Thomas Aquinas, and provides very beautiful points of reflection uh, for your personal growth and, and prayer life. Like the Roman Catechism of the 1560s, it has four pillars, four parts, or what Pope John Paul II referred to as four movements of a great symphony. So first, part one, is the Creed. It discusses what the Church believes. Secondly, uh, part two focuses on the sacraments, what the church celebrates. The third part discusses the commandments, or what the church lives. And then the fourth part discusses the Our Father, or what the church prays. Okay, so same setup as the Catechism of the Council of Trent. You might have heard of other catechisms along the way. So a lot of people grew up reading the Baltimore Catechism, You might be familiar with the penny catechism. This catechism sold in England for a penny. Um, And so these other catechisms are what are known as minor catechisms, whereas the catechism of the Catholic Church is a major catechism. We can make a distinction between the major and minor catechisms by saying that a major catechism is a great resource for developing minor catechisms. Those minor catechisms are created to serve uh, local communities, specific countries, and uh, specific groups, for example, RCIA, OK, or um, you know, young Catholics. So uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which was originally called the Catechism of the Universal Church. Is a major catechism intended to be a point of reference for development of national or local catechisms and catechetical materials throughout the world. It was called universal because the primary audience is the universal church. Okay, so it was created for everyone. From that catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, most notably, we've uh, had we've received the Compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church in 2005. This is similar in format to the Baltimore Catechism. It's made up of 598 questions and answers, okay? So it's very easy to look up a specific teaching, what's often questioned about it, and then read through its answer. In 2006, the church put out the U.S. Catholic Catechism for Adults. Okay, this is more like a college textbook, and my home parish uses that uh, for its RCIA candidates and catechumens. In 2011, then, the church put out the UCAT, or the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church. And the aim of that catechism was for youth to better understand the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Okay. So we'll read through the 1997 uh, major Catechism of the Catholic Church. And then you might notice along the way, or you might have heard of these other minor catechisms that take the major catechism and basically uh, format it in such a way that it's helpful to a particular group, a particular audience, a particular country. All right. So we'll just end by taking a quick look at the catechism and some of its features. Again, this big thick book is often construed as being a little overwhelming, maybe a little dusty and dry, but if you crack it open, you'll see that just like any other book, or like many other books, it has a table of contents in the front, it has a topical index in the back, And then also in the back, you'll find a list of abbreviations and what they stand for. So throughout the catechism, there are a number of footnotes, and those footnotes often include these little abbreviated documents. So if you flip to the back, you'll see a list of abbreviations, what they stand for. And just after the abbreviations section, you'll see a glossary. So if, as you're reading through the catechism, you come across a term with which you're not familiar. You can flip to the glossary in the back, read its definition. And then at the bottom of every page, you'll see a number of footnotes. Okay, so again, just like any other book, um, topics are, are footnoted at the bottom. And then um, if you want to read further, you can go to that reference and read you know, a further document on the topic. Lastly, along the left side of the left page, the right side of the right page, you'll see cross-references in the margins to other spots in the catechism um, that can then help you, again, delve more deeply into that particular topic. The way that the catechism is cited So if you see a citation that starts with CCC, that's a catechism citation. CCC stands for Catechism of the Catholic Church. You'll then see a little comma and then numbers following it. Those numbers following CCC refer to the paragraph of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So if you open the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you'll see it's divided into paragraphs. At the beginning of each paragraph is a boldface number referencing that paragraph And so if you see, for example, CCC 25, you know that you go to Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 25. Along the left-hand side of paragraph 25, then, you might see a reference to another paragraph in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which will then give you more information on that particular topic. There are 2,865 paragraphs in the Catholic Church, and um, again, it's... Uh, divided into four parts. Each part then is divided into two sections. So I mentioned that part one deals with the creed. Part one is then divided into section one and section two. Section one of each part gives you a general understanding of the topic. Section two then goes specifically into that topic. So part one discusses the creed you then have section one and section two. Section one, entitled, I Believe, We Believe, talks about belief. Section two then, entitled, The Profession of the Christian Faith, goes specifically into each line of the creed. Part two, which deals with the sacraments, is divided into section one and section two. Section one, entitled, The Sacramental Economy, talks about sacraments in general. And then section two, entitled the seven sacraments of the church, goes specifically into each of those sacraments, baptism, confirmation, etc. Part three, which deals with the commandments, is divided into section one and section two. Section one is entitled man's vocation, life in the spirit. And then section two, the 10 commandments, specifically goes into each commandment. Lastly, part four, uh, which deals with prayer, begins with section one entitled Prayer in the Christian Life. So there's a general discussion of prayer. And then section two, entitled The Lord's Prayer, Our Father, deals specifically with each line of the Our Father. So I say this because it's a little helpful to get, maybe hopefully very helpful, to get an overview of what we're delving into. So again, if you want to look up a specific topic, you kind of know where to go and how to get there. So you can look up um, that topic in the table of contents in the front. You can reference the topical index in the back, and then that will bring you to the particular catechism paragraph or paragraphs dealing with that topic. All right. So thanks for listening to an introduction of me, the uh, inspiration for this podcast, what I hope it will be moving forward, and then sticking with me as we went through a brief history of the catechism and a how-to guide in using the catechism. Next week, we'll begin the first half of the episode by reading through paragraphs 1 through 25, and then in the second half of the episode, we'll talk a little bit about one of the paragraphs that we address in paragraphs 1 through 25. Next week's topic uh, deals with, in general, who God is, and we're going to focus on a line Uh, the first line of the Catechism, which talks about God being infinitely perfect and blessed in himself. We'll talk about how um, God doesn't need us, which at first sounds a little off-putting, like, hey, God, don't you need me at least a little bit? Um, But we'll talk about why that's a great thing, that God does not need us, but he loves us so much he decided to create us and to be in relationship with us. So thanks again for joining me today. I look forward to joining you next week, and uh, God bless you. Thanks for joining me this week on Catholic Light. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your family and your friends, and connect with me through Facebook and Instagram. I'll see you next week, and in the meantime, God bless you.